Okay. Uh, welcome everybody back to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast by first responders for first responders. This is a place where we keep things light. This is a place where we talk about things that just involve everyday policing, fire, first responders, whatever it might be. If you're a paramedic, firefighter, police officer, whatever it might be here in Canada and North America, hell, even the world. Because now we got listeners in like Mexico and Holland and... Uh, and rallies. Yeah, and uh, Sweden. We got a couple in Sweden. Um, we got a couple people down in, oh, what was the other place? Oh, yeah, Germany. Oh. Like, it seems like it's just kind of pushing on. These things are coming out there. Hmm. I can't explain it. Still trying to figure it out. They probably just got lost. Yeah, probably got on the internet somewhere. <laughs> but uh, speaking of getting lost today, we've got a very, very uh, special guest here today. And someone that uh, it, it, I think is going to be a fantastic guest. Uh, we got Paul Britton on, and he's a member of the RCMP up in Resolute Bay in the far north in Nunavut. And uh, Paul, welcome to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, very excited to be on and uh, can't wait to get into it. All right. So for the people, because we do have some American uh, followers and like I said, uh, international followers and listeners, uh, Paul, try to explain geographically, because we've had uh, a couple of people before on from the north. Can you geographically explain where is Resolute Bay? So Resolute Bay is the second most northern inhabited community in Canada. There's only one place further north, and that's an hour by plane from us north, and it's called Grease Fjord. But we are... If you go, if you look on the map, you go north from Ontario, keep going up for about four or five hours by plane, you'll hit uh, Resolute Bay. That's straight north from Ontario. So we're talking like, we're talking North Pole stuff. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're close, close to the North Pole than we are to the American border. So we're talking like Santa Claus Village. I was just thinking that. Right? Have you seen else? What? And that's to my nieces. I say, yeah, we, we live right close to Santa There you go. And it's basically polar bear town. It is. So Resolute Bay has tons of polar bears. We're on the migration path. So once the polar bears come out, they're going to be out all the time daily out here. Yeah. Even in my small post, I didn't want to mess with the grizzlies. I've told you my story about my first uh, actual call in uh, Grand Isle. And uh, no, I don't mess with bears anymore. Uh, so <laughs> I almost got eaten by a black bear. How'd you almost get eaten by a black bear? It was rabid garbage bear. In Whistler? In Whistler, yeah. God. It wiped, uh, swiped a hippie uh, tourist. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you put the brakes on that one pretty quick. <laughs> um, broke into houses, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I didn't see it. And then I had to do a backflip over a snowbank when it came out of, out of the bushes. Like a backflip? I, I literally backflipped, yeah. You did a backflip through a snowbank? Over a snowbank. Over a snowbank? Oh, yeah. It came. The only reason it stopped is because I hit it in the nose of the bear banger, which did not go off. Just enough to make it think for a half second. Like, just pissed it off. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, Paul's not going to be pulling those techniques uh, up in Resolute, I imagine, because, uh, you know, obviously he has nowhere to run. And uh, those, thing, those things uh, hunt humans. So, yeah, Paul, I'm very, very thankful for you coming on the podcast today. And obviously, uh, the reason why we had you on today is that uh, Paul recently was published in Blue Line magazine uh, with regards to his article, Financial Fitness for Law Enforcement Officers. And this is something that initially, Paul, you and I ended up uh, connecting there through Instagram and you kind of gave me the lowdown yeah. on the article coming out. And we've been waiting on pins and needles, waiting for this thing to come out so we can have this conversation. Um, how was that experience? Well, you know what? It's actually, it was very, very, I really like, very, very happy. Uh, I've been reading Blue Line magazine since I was 19 years old. And I now have an article in Blue Line, which is, uh, which is kind of unreal to think about it. I, I'm jealous, first and foremost. Yeah. 
I myself as well, since I was about uh, 18, 19, maybe 20 uh, in college and doing police foundations back in Ontario. And I was like, what's this magazine, uh, Blue Line? And we started looking at it and I was like, oh, then they started having the best dressed PC awards, which is right up my alley. Um, I'm hoping one day to become a judge on the competition. Don't you make fun of my dreams. Are you cutting down my dreams, Eric? Hey, man, shoot for the stars, fall wherever you may. (laughs) People at Blue Line, I'm just saying, keep me in mind. I have some... You know what? I all their numbers now, I can uh, make an introduction. (laughs) Hey, they have a new editor. And yes, I know she is awesome. And I'm excited. Uh, We've had some conversations the past, but possibly doing some stuff. So yeah, we're uh, we're going to connect on that. So uh, obviously with the article, I mean, uh, here you are, you're getting published. I think it was July 25th, you get published. And like, how did that whole thing go down? Like, I know they bring in special, uh, you know, writers and contributors. So how did that happen? So what I did is this this issue in this article has kind of been was building up in my head for basically since I left Fort McMurray and for about a good year it was uh, I was kind of planning it out what would I write how would I do it how would I go about getting it published and all I did was uh, email Brittany Schroeder I got her email and said hey look this is what I'm looking to do would you be interested in publishing it and she got back to me in a day and said yeah you know like financial fitness for police officers has not been uh, doesn't isn't addressed a lot in uh, the law enforcement community, and I think that's a good issue that we need to look at. And I put the article article together and uh, got published. And like I said, I was absolutely stoked when I got to see it, and, you, and I got a kind of a brief, you know, rundown from you on on what that was going to look like before we actually saw it. It was published online. And then when I was reading it, I was like, oh man, this is like, like you said, it's never spoken about. We don't hear that. No, it's it's not. And money is a bit, one of those touchy subjects where you're not sure if you can talk about it openly with people. I know I was always raised not to talk about money, not to ask people how much money they made. But I think that it's a detriment to people. It It's something that we should talk about openly, especially as cops, because we're notoriously bad with our money. And we want to talk about notoriously bad with my money. Um, we have to go into where I put my money this evening. Uh, we cannot go for any further without actually going through the tradition of the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. Paul, I'm sorry you're way up in resolute. I, I can't even, I know when Josh Cook was on, his wife made him up some, like a, a big homemade donut of some sort. Um, you're left in the dark on this one, buddy. And unfortunately, yeah. we are going to eat these donuts in front of you and like right in your face. I think you're just going to have to deal with it. You could get some blood yeah, and no, just cut I, it in a circle. Yeah. Or, or, or you could chase down a polar bear and yeah. just take one out for us. Yeah. Oh, then yeah, Pete yeah. is going to be mad at me. I can't get, can- <laughs> we can't get canceled. Okay. All right. So here, this is what we're going to do. We're going to end up doing donut. Paul, you're going to play along with me. What I want you to do is when we do the yeah. cheers, I want you to do a, however you would feel. I don't know. When was the last time you felt a donut? Well, we j- actually just got back from our uh, 30 out and uh, had a donut. Had a couple donuts. Oh, dude, where where did you go? Uh, just Tim Hortons in uh, Nova Scotia. So Tim Hortons in Nova Scotia. Where whereabouts in Nova Scotia? What is big city, small city? Halifax. Yeah, when we landed, uh, uh, nice. we landed. One of the first one of the first things we do when we come out of the north is we go get a Tim's, and uh, I always get a Kroller. It's my favorite. Oddly enough, today Eric has requested the Kroller, so now it's going to be even oh. more of a tease. For, I apologize <laughs> for Paul. All right, here. That's all good. So this is what we do. All right. So we're going to get these out. We're not going to 
finish the donut. We're going to take a bite. Let's be gentlemen about this thing and be professionals. All right. Paul's, You've seen me eat, right? Poor Paul is not only on call, but it's also, what time is it there? We're doing this 8 o'clock our time. What time is it over there? Well, it's uh, eleven, pushing 11 o'clock at night here. Jesus. All right, let's get this done. How bright is it right now? Just out of curiosity. It's 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 like as light as it would be in the middle of the day. Wow. You're like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody turn the lights uh, off. All right, here, give us one second here. All right, Eric, this is what we're doing. We're doing it. We got a couple of crullers from Tim's. Cheers, buddy. Episode 28. Are, are we breaking COVID rules? Oh, my God. We touched We touched donut. Don't make it creepy. All right, let's 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 do this. Uh, cheers, Paul. Thank you for joining us, buddy. Thanks for having me on. I always have to edit out the sounds. Well, I don't care. Do we can edit? We're, I'm getting rid of this anyways. I always, my favorite part of the episode to edit out is the part where all four of us, if we get all four of us in the same room, just lip smacking and everything else. It makes me want to vomit just listening to it. You ever, what, what is that? What's that new age thing? ASMR? Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. Am I, have I got the, the letters all right? Mm-hmm. The acronym? Mm-hmm. No, you go to sleep to that. Mm-hmm. You can the ASMR. People are psychopaths. Like straight up psychopaths. Like this is what I'm trying to figure or, out. Or you're a cop and you don't sleep properly. Or you're a cop <laughs> and you don't sleep properly. But like I've heard people like they put a microphone down because we could put one of these down and I could record the sound of your foot squishing a banana. Oh, there's like, a guy. Uh, I think Wislowski showed it to me. Of course we showed it to you. I feel like it was Tesla ASMR. Like, like the guy he, was going around like pressing things in the Tesla and making noises. Does he like that? I don't know. I bet he does. I don't think it was him. I don't think it was him. I think it probably else. was. All right. All right, so we got donuts are down. We've got everything ready to go. We got Paul that is now starving because he now had to watch us uh, eat two Tim Hortons donuts. And he's, I don't know, how many thousands of... Well, no, Iqaluit has a Tim Hortons, right? Iqaluit has... Actually, it has two Tims. No. Seriously? Yeah, not not standalone buildings, but they have those like self-service uh, kiosks in uh, both Northern stores. The Northern stores. Nice. Yeah. One day we're one day I'm gonna get up there. One day I'm gonna go do relief. I'm I'm gonna do it. I swear to God I'm gonna do it. You everybody on the listening to the podcast, I'm gonna hold it to hold me to it, so to speak. I'm gonna go up there. Eric, you're gonna come with me. Yeah. I, okay. I I can go for the money. I just wanna go for the experience. I just wanna go and have Tim's up in a Callowit. I just wanna be north. I don't think I they'll I don't think they'll send you to a Callowit though. No, they'll send me to like Cape Dorset or someplace in the middle of nowhere. Probably send me to Greece. I'll go to Greece. How about that? What do you think, Paul? Greece, good idea. You know what, Greece is if you want to live the northern experience, that's as north as it gets. And very few people can say they've actually worked in Greece before. I like how these days they're like you have to push it to the absolute extreme. Our most northern posting would be like, <laughs> well, you want to work the northern experience. It's not like I'm just going to go to a Callaway or I'm just going to go to Fort Nelson in BC. Eh, I work the northern experience. You know, we're pushing the boundaries here, but I digress. We're getting back to the article here. Paul, I think one of the biggest lessons that I took from reading even just the beginning of the, the article itself was that even in looking at some of your background, just the personal experience that you've had and you've been able to observe other members with, I think led to a a genuine, real strong understanding and grasp on what it is to be mentally, uh, financially healthy. And what kind of experience did you have? Because I know you worked over in Fort Mac. So I never really paid much attention to my finances until I transferred and I was looking at a $150,000 loss in my house. So I looked at that and I'm like, okay, well, this isn't going to be good. I'm going to have to start 
paying attention to money. And uh, I started looking at my stuff and I'm like, I'm paying for four different streaming services here that we, two of which we don't use. Like I have Amazon Prime, my spouse has Amazon Prime, right? Look at my credit card bill, that's this, that I don't even, I don't even know how much is on my credit card bill. So I said, the first thing I gotta do is just take accountability of my finances and go from there and be, knowing what you spend is half the battle. Because as police officers, we don't really have an income problem, we have a spending problem. Yeah, yeah. A- a- absolutely, would you not say? 100%, <clears throat> 100%. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you go. And this spans over, I would say, I mean, obviously we're sitting here members of the RCMP, but that being said, it goes nationwide. We're not just talking about one particular organization, even if this was internationally, uh, not so much, I would say, in the States, because in particular agencies, it is very much an income issue, right? It, it yeah. is just, we're, it's not isolated to one particular organization. No, no, it's not. And, and I've noticed, I've noticed that one of the biggest expenses that we, uh, as police officers, spend our money on is uh, vehicles. Damn those! It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a running joke in Fort Mac that as soon as a new member gets off RFP, he boom finances a, a big truck and gets into a, a big payment like between five and eight hundred bucks a month. Oof. All right, and, all right. Like, so, Paul, tell it, me, what's the number one truck choice up in Fort Mac? You know what? Something black with big wheels and. Uh, <laughs> It, know, it may not necessarily either. <laughs> it, it may start with D, and the second yeah. word starts with R. It's gonna yeah. be they're gonna be black Dodge Ram, fifteen hundred to thirty five hundreds lifted aftermarket rims, probably a sled deck. I'm actually describing a, a member of, of mine of or a member friend of mine's car. <laughs> a lot of Jeeps. A lot of members buy Jeep Cherokee, like those uh, those other kind of Jeeps that are actual like tr- off like trail trail Jeeps. Oh like, yeah, the Gladiator. Either. Yeah, yeah, those aren't cheap either. Or the the side by side kind of things. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that and that and that's the thing is you know, um, recently especially with the retroactive pay that we we you know members saw in the RCMP over the last little bit. And that was within the last calendar year, I guess. It was last Mine's last summer. Mine's all gone. Yep. Yeah. Which we can discuss yeah. later. <laughs> why why we're talking today? Uh, but that. But be- it's, a, it's a like you look up the Facebook sites, the member Facebook sites. There's the memes that pop up mm-hmm. that are like member gets his retro pay. It's like, is am I going to get a Dodge Ram or I'm going to get a like Toyota Quad Cab? Yeah, like it's uh, and it's, it's got to have the blue line. Running- Blue line sticker on the back. Yeah. It's got to be full back yeah. window, no break, no. Uh, <laughs> it's got to have the full blue line, and it's all the the junior members. But- Shit dog sticker. Oh yeah, it's got to have the sheepdog <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that's the thing, and and especially when you were talking about that in the article, it's you know when we look at these particular types of things and we see these you know expenditures by junior members or even experienced members, we kind of have to. I usually shake my head and I'm like, man, like how much is that truck and all the rest of that. Now, what what was your experience like in Fort Mac with the membership? Was this something that was more common than not that you were seeing this? I think a lot of a lot of it was we also got an extra twelve hundred bucks a month to live in Fort Mac because the cost of living. So if you're smart, you could have taken care of your rent with that extra twelve hundred a month. And uh, I guess it gave members a lot of wiggle room and extra buying power when it came to vehicles. So you'd see it all the time. Yeah, and and you kind of have to wonder, like we see it here in a little bit here. I wouldn't say a tremendous amount. Like usually you can go in, you can take a look at the uh, the. We back don't have enough lot. junior members here though for that kind of silliness to happen. Well, that's kind of true too, right? Like we, we when's the last time we got a recruit and how many recruits do we have? Like when I when I went through, I went uh, my first posting was up in Whistler and it was a puppy mill. All we had were recruits. 
and for me, when I got there, I my like, oh, I had a saving. I, I worked out in the oil fields before, after my university, before I became a member for summer. Had a nice chunk of change saved up for down payment. I'm going to buy a house. Well, the cheapest way I could find was 450 for a condo. Now that's 2016. So I thought that was too much. Now that's simply 800, 900 million dollars. But I couldn't afford anything. Even rent was 1800 bucks a month before utilities. And that was the best I could find. So my entire paycheck was going straight into that and some of my savings, right? So there was no really room for me to be reckless with money for the first couple of years. Um, yeah. But some guys, yeah, like for sure, like you're immediately, all right, uh, walking out the door at depot, buying brand new trucks, buying new trucks at depot, right? Like I saw a couple guys doing that. I saw um, another buddy of mine bought up Ram 3500, sled deck, toys, all these things. Yeah. At seven, yeah. eight months service. Yeah. No, and he's you know what and the people that sell that sell trucks just love it when a police officer walks in the front door because that's guaranteed to get paid every two weeks yeah and they're guaranteed like and our income is not cyclical it's not seasonal it's it's a guaranteed income yeah so we're a very good credit risk and most members have good credit because you have to have good credit to get into the into the police yeah. so they love it and most people also don't look at what the overall cost of borrowing for a vehicle is. It's what is their payment? Can they handle that single payment? doesn't matter to them if it's like a three-year, five-year, seven-year loan on a vehicle. Yeah. They just look at that. Yeah, and it, we kind of have to wonder if that's, are we just not being taught? And it, you know what? When I think about it, you know, we kind of, we look at it as post-secondary education. We kind of look at training as going into, when we're all at depot and that. You'd think that there might be something else there to set people up. Like, there's a lot of adults at depot. Like, obviously, everybody's an adult, sorry. But, you know, everybody's an adult. Everybody is, you know, kind of a wide-ranging age. But we do have those members that are going to be 20 years old, 19 years old. And those, I find those are the ones that are going out there and making those types of purchases. Like you said, even before they're going out to their post. And could you imagine the pitfall of doing that? And then all of a sudden, like you said, Eric, you're running into like eighteen, nineteen, two thousand dollars $2,000 for rent, depending on where you're going. Not everybody's going up to Resolute to go live in forced housing, right? Not everybody, no. like I was up in Grand Isle. I mean, I was pretty lucky in the fact that it was very little for forced housing. Like when you think mm-hmm. of the grand scheme of things. So we're able to bank a little bit more, save a little bit more. Those northern posts, man, is that ever a smart decision to go up there if you can take the isolation? But I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are on this one, Paul, to say, are we failing ourselves by not at least starting that conversation at depot or... Let's say, for example, with the municipal agencies uh, at the JI, at OPC, whatever it might be to sit down and be like, hey, we want people to be there, you know, because these days mental health is is key, is, is primary to make sure that yeah. we have properly functioning and professional police officers on the road to be able to respond in a time when they somebody else needs help. But if they're hindered by financial stress and strain, is it not something that we should be doing do you think we should be doing this in training and having this or at least starting this conversation oh absolutely i think as soon as members are are in depot there should be some education on how credit works because i really didn't know how credit worked until i started investigating it myself all i did was just pay my bill i always paid my bills i didn't have any issues i had a good credit score but i really didn't understand how credit worked until i looked into it myself and took a and took a credit a hit on my credit because uh like a, a property that i had in fort mac just depreciated so bad to a point where i had to give the keys back to the bank so after that, 
I had a record of basically not paying my mortgage for a few months and the bank taking it back. So when that goes when that goes on your credit, it brings it down quite a bit. Uh, and then, so thankfully now I'm in a position where I'm not needing to borrow money, but my credit has rebounded just from paying all my regular bills on time. But I didn't know how that worked because I had no need to, right? I always had money. I always paid my bills. And... But I think that could start once you get into depot, you take these guys that are 19, 20, 21, that it's that the RCMP is their first job and say, hey, look, you're going to be making a lot of money. You're going to be targeted by salespeople. When you go in to buy a, like, buy a vehicle, you're going to be able to afford on paper this. But really, should you be, should you be buying a vehicle for $50,000 when something for fifteen grand could probably get do the same job? And you're paying 4.9% interest on whatever, yeah. right? And that yeah. adds up significantly over time right yeah, yeah. and and a lot of the time too i mean we have to look at this and and it's not always just uh members that are are single it's those that are obviously in relationships or whatever and then you get this dual side to it are they well informed are they relying upon their spouse to be able to know all the financials uh especially with yeah. the expenditures so on and so forth i fell victim to that it's just you know growing up i'm never really worried about that i never really was concerned i obviously had uh, to deal with a couple of things with regards to credit and that so i i fell into those pitfalls myself but not knowing enough about the finances I found is something that, like you said, you have to be aware of that. You were talking earlier about some of the uh, streaming services that you had. You know, the yeah. although small, it just leads to a bigger problem. It's like, well, what what am I unaware of that we're purchasing? That we're it's going on our credit, it's going on yeah. you know our credit cards on, on the monthly billing rates, all the rest of that. And then these days, how do you keep that straight, right? Yeah. So like, well, we have lots like we as cops, right? We're thinking about like our shift, our days off, like what we're going to do with our families, uh, that court court package or crown opinion you got to get in, right? Uh, but we just but we just lose sight of of uh, of your day to day expenses that could add out uh, that could uh, add up. If you don't if you don't pay off your credit card bill, then it's uh, your three hundred dollar bill turns into three hundred and forty dollars, and then and it keeps snowballing from there in a bad direction. Yeah, I've I've seen some really bad examples of this where what well, individuals that I was working around um, ended up getting into significant debts, and when I heard about it, and this especially in you know junior in my service, and I was just absolutely blown away. I was stunned. I was like, well, because you know I, I was going out junior member, perfect example. We bought a brand new car. We, you know, I I'd just been married. We bought our very first brand new car. I'd never had a brand new car before, uh, but bought smart i ended up buying a small volkswagen i was like okay you know i kept it cheap nothing fancy i don't have to impress anybody and then the problem was is that on a day-to-day basis here i am spending 20 30 dollars on food every single day for lunch you know and then i'm going to tim hortons two or three times a day okay I was in a fed unit. So yes, all jokes go right ahead. Fed units, you guys get club fed, you know, you're getting all your coffee breaks in and it was that. Yes. So, but like it not only put, you know, I was paying like five, six, seven dollars per time per trip to Timmy's or Starbucks. God, Starbucks was the devil because then you just started seeing that rack up. And before you know it, you're spending between $150, $200 a week on food. On just takeout crap, yeah. Yeah. right? That you yeah. know, realistically, it's only until later in life that I even look back at it now. And I'm like, what the hell was I doing buying Chinese food for lunch every single day? <laughs> like, well, yeah. but I think when you're brand new, you're just happy to be there. 
you're in your dream career, you're making money, you're, you know, living somewhere where you really want to like, really like being, and they pump you up the depot. <laughs> maybe? <laughs> Is that maybe? maybe? <laughs> yeah, true, I guess. It really depends. It really depends on I'm so excited to be in Onion there. Lake right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but, I know Onion Lake, uh, how did a troop mate go there? But it, it, yeah, and then you look at, you know, for example there, so like you were saying, Paul, you know, you might end up at a post, you know, you're different places, but especially when we're working with our example of the RCMP, there's a big difference, like a huge difference between where you may be posted. Like, for example, if you're going to go do the Northern posting, going to go up to Resolute, you're going to go up to Calibit, yeah. wherever it is up in VDiv, or, you know, if it's you know North of Territory, Yukon, whatever it might be, even the Northern sections of BC and, you know, the Prairie Provinces, you go to some of those, man, like you have the opportunity to go up and buy the toys and all the rest of that. But then the big difference is, is that once you start going down to the lower mainland of BC, that greater Vancouver area, Whistler, oh and here's where I draw upon this. Back in the day before the Olympics, where was the most expensive place to live in BC for Whistler. the most part? Was Whistler. Yeah. And this is something that you got yeah. as a first post. First post, uh, there was no forced housing available when I got there. Um, so I had to rent my own. There was one house that had five members in the house already and i could have moved into one of the smaller rooms which would have been more of a closet really um for 500 bucks a month in the force house um which i elected not to um i just spent the last six months living with 32 other people i didn't i wanted my own spot but that cost me a significant amount of money in the long run because originally i thought i'd buy an apartment pretty quick never ended up materializing because prices kept climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing I didn't really get until my second and a bit year until I really started leveling out financially and being able to actually start saving again. Um, yeah. And I think in a way that was good for me because it made me save. It made me be less, you know, throwing money around because I, I, I couldn't if I wanted to eat. <laughs> Really, I enjoyed um, nutrition. I enjoyed I, nutrition. I enjoyed waking up in the morning. I still spent more than I should have on Spar- on Starbucks. Way more than I should have. You know, everybody always talks about like the Starbucks, the purchases and stuff, and that really like that's treating yourself every once in a while. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Where guys really get in trouble is when they're buying all those big ticket items and finance. You got a side by side. Like the worst one I've ever I've ever heard of. And I can't confirm this by documentation. Or guy that bought a side by side, financed it over twenty years for forty dollars. How can you get a forty year? The vehicle's not going to last that long on a side by side. Yeah, exactly, dude. Like that's going to be gone before, even close to any time you pay it off. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, but it's only forty dollars a month. <laughs> but they, they, they just, yeah. you don't own it. It's money you're throwing out. No, you don't. All right, here's no. the deal. But we're going we're gonna to help some people here today. Mm. This is, I think this is an opportunity to be able to assist some people if they're listening to this podcast. But it doesn't matter, like I said, it doesn't matter if you're a member of the RCMP. It could be any agency here in Canada, North America, the world, whatever it might be. If you're attached to a 20-year mortgage or lease or whatever, or anything, right? On $40 a month on something that's not going to survive the next five years, if not three years, because it's probably going to be a KDIF yeah. guy driving the quad, having fun on the weekend yeah. with the boys... That thing's rolled over and you're paying for that anyways. Find a way out of it financially, legally, legally, mother of God. Uh, Figure it out and just ask for help. Look look to your peers and ask for help as to say, hey, listen, uh, you look for the either the senior member or even the junior member that just has their shit together and be like, listen, I've got the situation. Open up and talk to somebody about it because you're getting swindled and you're it's not a great 
financial move. It's just not. No, and there's a reason why these like people like dealerships that sell those kind of toys will offer those kind of terms on financing. It's it's in their best interest to have recurring payments over and over and over again at a higher interest rate. Yeah, it doesn't right? cost them and much, yeah. right? And I personally money. believe that purchases are retail therapy purchases. All right. Yeah, Paul, I, I, this is another big thing that I thought was really, really, really on point when it comes to the article that you had published there. Retail therapy. Okay. I want you to explain retail therapy for me because so I think it's a general term. Most people understand now. I'm extremely guilty of that. Extremely oh. guilty. <laughs> Nothing huge, but extremely guilty of the of the, the retail therapy purchases. But hey, Paul Phillison, retail therapy. So for me, I found, and this is my experience with retail therapy. I would wake up after my, my first day off, after probably a, a series of bad shifts where you're seeing and hearing and dealing with a lot of bad stuff. I'd wake up and I'd walk down to the, the mall in Fort McMurray and I would just be like, I'm in the mall, I want to buy something. And it really doesn't matter what it is. I don't need anything. I just want to buy something to make myself feel good. And I would go into a store, buy something stupid, and I'd get that rush endorphins that's that would make you feel good again and then back with this purchase that you really probably don't need yeah it, it's this is a common you're like i'm just gonna go out and buy a panda bear onesie that's it i'm just gonna buy a panda bear onesie yeah. I, that makes me happy and the internet has made that easier than ever with amazon and all those other things <laughs> I, i'm i i on a whim, bought a rock tumbler and a bunch of other stuff for like, man, it came out to like 200 bucks by the end of the day. A, like a, a new hobby I decided I was going to have on a whim. Oh, the hobbies. And That's then, another then thing. I've, I've done it. Well, my dad now uses it for, for loading. So I... <laughs> <laughs> well, that, and that's it. Like, I, I'm trying to think. I've always been so scared. And I think for me, it's always been so scared to spend money. I've never really been one to like go absolutely nuts. Only after that experience that I had where in my first post, I was like spending all this money on, on wasn't necessarily useless shit, but it was just food and food and food and food that I never really got that retail therapy because like going to the malls, it's not really something that we do. But, you know, when it comes to, uh, it used to be me with DVDs. I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to buy another DVD. I'm going to get another Blu-ray, another this, another that. And then all of a sudden you're like, I got this giant stack of Blu-rays. You got that all I only 12 watched. seasons of uh, what, 11, 12 seasons of Mad Men. You're good to go. Well, I, I bet. If, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I want to see that series. Uh, but yeah, and it's I, I totally get it. Like we're when we're doing it to be able to make ourselves feel better, and that's it in the end. Like you said, it's you you want to feel better about what's going on. Yeah, you good. Well, it's a comment. You want to feel good as a as a person, right? Like cops, we're people too. Uh, we're exposed to all kinds of bad stuff, and we don't. Nobody wants to be exposed to that stuff, but that's our chosen profession. And you got to have some tools in the toolbox to deal with that stuff. Yeah, and, and and going to the mall is not one of them, unfortunately, or unless you're no. going mall walking. No, because what it, what it does people. is it compounds it compounds the problem with uh, like if you're say you're having a fight with your wife, you know things aren't going well at work, and you're under the stress financially. There's uh, it's just another uh, problem that's added to the pile, right? Yeah, and it, that we're more susceptible to problems. Yeah, and, and and when it comes to like, I'm curious, especially we talk about you know the ability to go out and to retail shop, like and do the retail therapy gig. What I'm really interested to hear from you, Paul, and, and I've had a couple of people and I've been texting back and forth and saying that we were able to get this interview going and I've got a bunch of uh, junior members and people trying to get into depot and making their decisions based on where they want to go uh, staffing wise 
and locations for posts. And I'm curious because the Northern experience, you don't get that particular type of retail therapy. You just don't. And I know you've been up in the North for a significant amount of time. What is that like with regards to these, the, the finance side of it? So working, working up in Fort McMurray or working in, in the Arctic, if you are smart with your money, it can, it can really change your life. You can, you can come out of the North with a lot of money saved, a lot of money invested, uh, and you can really change your life if you're smart with your money. Yeah, and, and that's what I keep hearing. And I've, I've worked with individuals in the past that have done significant time up in the North. I have one experience. One of the guys I worked with in, in Odiv ended up doing uh, several years on the relief squad um, way up way yeah. up North in Nunavut and like came out of there and we were just absolutely blown away because what are the things that you talk about when you're working this job with people? It's always you end up talking about A, the job, B, what's going on at home and C, usually money and the things that you buy. And when you're yeah. talking about like, oh man, you get to see somebody's house, their property, whatever it is. And I, we're just absolutely blown away. And this individual is just like, yeah, paid for their house in, in cash after yeah. coming out of the North, you know, a nice place. I'm like, oh my God, I've got this mortgage and we're, we're trying to, you know, upsize because we're we're starting a family at that time and you know what i mean like we're looking at it and i just remember always thinking like man i'm an idiot for not going up there right now it also it can also work against you too right because a lot of guys come go out and they just blow money like a like a maniac when they're on their 30 days out so and then once these guys leave the north they go back to say they go to a posting like around edmonton around calgary they're not making the big bucks in it but their spending is still they're still spending like they live in the north and uh our association just put something out about that in this last newsletter about uh taking care of your finances and taking advantage of certain programs they have that address those kind of issues and to their credit one of the one of the things they just put out was a partnership with the enriched academy to essentially teach people about money it's a program course to teach people about money. I'm doing it right now. I would highly recommend anybody else uh, on the on the job do it. Uh, Enriched Academy has been doing this with uh, police associations all across Canada, uh, the CFL, a uh, bunch of different organizations, and now they're with the uh, MPF. And, and is that the next step? You know what I mean? We now have... With the National Police Federation, we now have the uh, our union and our association, yeah. right? And is that the next step? It, it, this isn't necessarily the organization's uh, responsibility. It's just not. You know, when they look at it and people get into financial trouble, the organization sits there. It's like, well, you're adults and you can figure it out. I wouldn't expect any other employer uh, to step in and be like, you know what? This is how you got to handle your money, right? And then but look at as an organization, they like the force has to look at mental wellness, right? And your financial wellness ties right into your into your mental health. And if you're having financial issues, you're you're declaring bankruptcy, you're losing your house, your car's repossessed, you can't get credit. What uh, how productive are a police of a police officer are you going to be if those things aren't uh, aren't aren't uh, in line, right? No. So I can I foresee in the future that this this kind of counseling, and if it isn't if they don't have it already, financial counseling would be part of our benefits package to help. Uh, help members going through problems like this because it's it's more common than than you think and uh and it's something that needs to be addressed just like you know there's there's benefits available for people with uh like any mental health issue or say uh dietitians uh like trainers that kind of stuff it's it's available you just have to ask yeah and and i really am hoping that we start to see something come up as we roll into the next recession if not already there 
Uh, I think that's the biggest yeah. news in the last probably six months is that this is exactly where we're going, where you're going to see some hardships. And if COVID wasn't hard enough, obviously on the rest of the community and, and Canadians in general, we're going to start seeing that adverse effect. We're going to start seeing, um, like you said, the, the relationships as well, too, because it's not always just a singular problem. We have dual income families that are, you know, yeah. members and their spouses or multi-generational families, people in households. We have lots of individuals and members working in the, uh, you know, in all over Canada that have multi-generational families living inside their homes and they're supporting them as well too right so it's a big deal we're going to start seeing some pretty heavy things coming and i'm hoping that you know this like you said the enrichment academy it's the enrichment academy right yeah enriched enriched academy enriched academy it's uh it is a it's a it's a for-profit business and they uh they offer financial counseling services to organizations so i i had to pay we get a discount as rcmp members but i paid uh I paid about 2000 bucks, but they go through a series of 12 different counseling sessions, one-on-one uh, sessions with a very experienced financial person that teaches you about, you know, credit, how to do a proper budget, uh, what, how to ways to develop passive income that you don't have to go in and punch a clock and ways to get money without having to actually be in your right? investments, how to, how to properly get, make sure that you're not getting uh, taken advantage of when you invest in in, uh, in a product in something, right? Because there is a lot, like there are a lot of those uh, those uh, people out there that were will take advantage of people in uh, investment uh, schemes. Yeah, and we don't want to see that because we know that somebody with uh, a good financial background, people that are doing yeah. well mentally as well too, are you know, even stronger first responders and do a better job, more professional out there doing the job that we need. Canadians need us to do and to be on the street ready to respond. And that's what it's all about in the end is making sure that we take care of that and we do our job and do our duty. Now, I'm kind of curious out of this whole thing, Paul, lessons learned. What would you say the top three lessons that you learned out of your experience so far? And I know that you kind of went through a couple in the in the article there, but tell me a little bit about that, that maybe we can shed some light and be able to enrich some others uh, that are listening to the podcast. Number one for me is to have total take ownership of your finances. Know where that money is going. That's the number one thing, right? If you don't know and you can't say, you should find out. Because I'm sure there's something happening there that you don't that you don't know, like something, right? Because let's face it, if we don't look at our uh, statements, how do we know if we're not getting taken advantage of? How do you know if it's there's not, say, two charges on your last credit card purchase instead of uh, one, right? So number one is taking a look at it. And two, don't fall into lifestyle creep. So lifestyle creep is every time you make, when you get a raise, you make overtime, you get a new posting where you make money, your lifestyle a lot of people lifestyle tends to creep up with that pay increase like oh well i i've got a 300 dollars a month raise i can uh get a new uh, i can get a more expensive car trade my car in and i can afford this much more right so if you if member if people can avoid that they'll be in great shape and also number three i would say would try to avoid getting into big big mortgages for houses that you don't need to that you don't don't buy the biggest house right away that you don't have to Try, try if you can do use a strategy, which I used it in Fort McMurray that essentially financially saved me. It's called house hacking, where you buy a house with another unit inside of it and you have somebody rent that unit. So my wife and I did that for our four years that we had our house in Fort McMurray and we collected about 1400 a month in rent 
and that uh, really saved us financially when it came down the, the road to sell and we we're looking at a loss yeah that's that income that's that's there and that supports you right that's absolutely huge and uh, to schmucks like me who swear that i never want to have a, a tenant and all the rest of that well you know what? Sometimes it's a smart decision. But uh, Paul, I just want to say uh, thank you so much, man, for coming on the podcast. This whole thing has been enlightening to say the least because it's something that we really need to start paying attention to. Uh, I think that you've shed a light on this topic itself because I don't know what you, Eric, and, and Paul yourself, I had never seen anything like this before. I just haven't. No. Like, no. what was it? And, 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 Paul, you were talking about it in the article there as well, too. It was usually the the senior guy that comes on and wants to talk about the pension plan. You usually have the pension person that comes yeah. in. Oh, the sergeant or whatever at depot comes in and tells you about what you're doing. Yeah, and yeah like, oh, everything's fine. You're good. Let's go talk about the retirement. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like we, like I remember it vividly. It was, uh, it was when a guy came in to talk about our benefits and he brought up the pension and he said, you have the best pension. Literally. He said, go talk to a, an accountant and get his opinion because you have the best pension and think twice before leaving the RCMP. And I was like, Oh, okay. And you know what? I came from the federal government. I understand the defined benefit pension to some point, but, uh, we do, we do have uh, a great pension and we're lucky to have that because a lot of people don't, but we do, we still also, uh, need to take care of our spending habits and understanding uh, what responsibilities come with the pension. Well, I think Paul, and I think I speak for maybe Eric as well too here in this particular sense, uh, what you've done and what you've had published with Blue Line Magazine, and I think it has is going to, and if it hasn't already done so, it is already uh, starting a conversation uh, amongst others. We already know that Blue Line Magazine is in every detachment of the RCMP. We know that it's in every single organization, uh, policing, law enforcement organization in Canada. Um, I think that this, and the online edition as well too, I think this is going to be absolutely huge. And I think that a lot of people are going to be talking about this in the future. I hope, uh, this is my hope here, is that Blue Line has you on again to be able to, you know, sit down and maybe you know, dig into some more of these topics, maybe a reoccurring thing. Uh, that article was well written, sir. Uh, you're not only just a gentleman who sat there and watched us eat two of your favorite donuts. You're also in my eyes. And I think in Eric's as well, a scholar, uh, Paul, that's much appreciated guys. I'm, I'm, but I, have to, I have to give credit to a friend of mine. Uh, his name's Tony Dong. He's a, uh, financial writer that I actually I met him on LinkedIn and he uh, proofread that f- my first uh, version of my article he's uh, he actually now he's a freelance writer and he writes solely about uh, money and finances and he's uh, I read I follow him and and really uh, use him as a mentor even though he's a he's a wonder kid he's like 20 25 years old and uh, quit his full-time security career job to uh, freelance write any does it from anywhere well thank you tony as well too for taking a look at your article there i would say that uh you have bright things coming up in the future paul uh how much longer you got up in Resolute? so i just got here so i got two almost two more years and uh i'm loving every minute of it Atta, it's great up here out of boy paul we're gonna have you on the podcast again this is going to be good we're we, we're you're you're coming on if you're down you're, right. you're coming okay. on we got to have fun have a con- more conversations uh maybe something a little lighter as well too maybe have some fun with this one well you know what i've been around 13 years with the rcmp and uh four more with cbsa so uh anytime you guys want to talk law enforcement it's uh it's a great topic and love to talk about it 
Well, we're going to have you back on. Paul, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. Uh, go get some sleep. I know we've now uh, took up an hour of your time, and it's probably, wait, is it past midnight? That's about 1130. All right, go to bed. Paul, appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, anytime, boys.